Let me pray. Father, we just read words which are agonising. They remind us of how cruel life can be, that there are unexplained tragedies that many have to live with. Help us understand how fierce Satan's hatred of your goodness and love is. And so help us now, we pray, to understand more of the Lord Jesus, that we might be a comfort to those who mourn and that we might be people who speak of good news, of the salvation of your son. We pray it in his name. Amen. Well, good to see you tonight. Uh, Thanks for braving it. It's uh, fantastic that we can gather here and celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus and encourage one another. Because I think this Christmas we need a little bit of encouragement, don't we? It's been a hard year for many, and it looks like it's going to be at least a difficult Christmas. And so, does Christmas thrill you like it used to? Does it thrill you in the way you think it should? Maybe it used to. Maybe you think about when you were a kid. It's a bit of a rite of passage, really, becoming an adult, almost, for the thrill of Christmas just to fade. Our kids know the buzz of Christmas. They're restless Christmas Eve, but either we're sleeping quite well Christmas Eve or we're restless as well because we know what's before us on Christmas Day. But maybe just for a moment, maybe on Christmas Day, just for a second, there's that moment where you can allow yourself just to feel the thrill of Christmas where you can remember what it was like to get up in the morning, to open those presents, and you look on the face of a child, you see their enjoyment, you see their thrill. Where is the thrill of hope to be found this Christmas? Thrill of hope seems to be more elusive to us than thrilling. A couple of chapters later, In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew pulls a quote from another prophet. We've read from the prophet Micah, but he pulls another quote from the prophet Isaiah and he says, The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. I wonder if this Christmas hope can be lost. I wonder if in particular this Christmas hope is almost choked out by a weariness, a world weariness. We live harried and hectic lives. We live in weary and worried times. But we're reminded from the prophet Isaiah that the people still had to contend with darkness. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. There is darkness Isaiah reminds us. But there is a light that can be seen if we look for it. There's darkness tonight. There's literal darkness, but there's a darkness that descends on many people's lives tonight. There's a darkness that descends upon communities, towns and cities. This week, I think many of us were absolutely devastated to hear the shocking news of those five children who died in Devonport this week in the Jumping Castle incident. It's easy to see how the thrill of the hope of Christmas can be lost. Where 
is a light of hope in that kind of darkness tonight. We might remember from our reading that there was darkness around as Jesus came into this world, that there was darkness, in fact, upon a particular city, a particular town. As Herod gave the orders to execute those boys under two in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, we read, we just read, Mandy just read to us, that mothers wept that night for the death of their sons and tonight there are mothers who weep upon the death of their children where was their hope in Bethlehem where was the thrill of hope for those who had lost those loved young children I know some of us have been to Bethlehem who have been been to the church of the nativity apparently exactly where Jesus was born Well, the prophet Micah in our second reading tonight is quoted by Herod's advisers and they assure him that the location of the birth of this king who has been promised is to be in this town, Bethlehem. And Micah, in fact, calls this town too little to be among the clans of Judah because Bethlehem was such a small and obscure, overlooked kind of village. It wasn't really a town. It was hardly worth counting. And it was the kind of unlikely location for great things to happen. But here's what God specialises in. This is what God does. God comes into darkness and he brings light. And God comes in the most unlikely of places and in the most unlikely of times. He comes to the obscure. He comes to the overlooked. And he comes to bring light into darkness. Micah says that from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler of Israel. Micah imagined in hundreds of years' time, because he wrote before Jesus' birth, He imagined that a king, the Messiah, would come from Bethlehem. And centuries before Jesus was born, the unlikely had already come from Bethlehem. David, the shepherd boy who was to become this mighty warrior and great king, he was born in this obscure town. And there, after David's death, Israel waited. They waited for another king like David, a good and righteous ruler. But as the years went by, as they drew out, hope faded. The fear was present that perhaps God had forgotten his promise. There the people of God waited in hope, but also fear. Because hope And fear really go hand in hand. We fear, don't we, that our hopes won't be realised, that the waiting will never end, or the answer won't be to our liking. We fear often that we have been overlooked, that in fact we're a little like Bethlehem. We're too obscure to be of any importance. But we've read tonight that into the darkness of that town, Amidst its remote obscurity, there comes one, 
There comes one who was promised. There comes one who promises us that we never need to fear again. You see, our truest hope and our deepest longing have collided in the birth of this king in Bethlehem, the birth of the Lord Jesus. And we too, like that town, waited year after year. We wait, but we now wait because God has fulfilled his promises. Those who waited in Bethlehem after the death of King David, they waited for God in anticipation of his promises being fulfilled. But friends, we have the thrill of hope tonight because those promises have been fulfilled. All the promises of the Old Testament have been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. And we're reminded as the Lord Jesus comes into that town, as he comes into the darkness, he comes also into the darkness of our lives. He comes to fulfil our hopes. Because this is the same God who was at work in the birth of Jesus. This same God is at work in our lives to draw us near. He's the God who in Jesus is the light in the middle of darkness. You see, tonight, as we consider the tragedy that those mothers and fathers must face as they think about Christmas this year without their children, we're reminded that there is no human tragedy beyond the hope and healing of the Lord Jesus. You see, because the essence of Christian hope isn't the downplaying or justifying or avoidance of the presence of pain or sorrow. That's not the thrill of hope. The thrill of hope is knowing that one day the Lord Jesus will return. And because God has promised and he is delivered in his birth and in his death and in his resurrection, we now can know the hope of the expectation that whatever our pain is now, one day it will be as foreign as the faintest of memories. See, tonight we can know the thrill of hope. The thrill of hope and we can see it. We can see it in a child. We can see it in the Lord Jesus, in his birth, in the way in which he has come into our darkness. So tonight, can I ask you, can you see him? Do you know the thrill of hoping in him? Please stand as we sing our next carol.